Welcome to Show Us Your Bits podcast. It's season three. This is the podcast about the stories behind the jewellery and the keepsakes we love. Each week we talk to storytellers, makers, artists, founders and entrepreneurs about their most loved treasures. I'm Alice Rivers-Cripps, the founder and creative director of Posh Totti Designs, the original hand-stamped jewellery company, and we're celebrating our 20th year this year. Oh, Alice, that's great. And I'm Josie Lloyd, an author of novels like The Cancer Ladies Running Club and Life Saving for Beginners, as well as parodies and screenplays. But most of all, Alice, I love a good natter. So do have a listen and please do like, rate, review and share with your friends. And please get in touch with us on Instagram or Facebook at Show Us Your Bits Podcast if you have an interesting piece of jewellery or an anecdote you'd like to share. Let's get on with the show! Hey Alice, you're looking very smart today. For the fashion episode. I did decide that I would better dress up for the fashion episode. To be um, clear, she's wearing a very stylish shirt. Rixo. Never ever bought anything designer in my life, but this is from Rixo and I got it from a vintage market. And I absolutely love it and I pull it out whenever anyone says you've got to dress up. I know. Well, I was feeling, cause I was feeling quite intimidated by our recording today because we have fashion, fashion guru on. So I'm wearing a wrap-over shirt that I got from a charity shop and it had it's that beautiful. it had that really horrible nasty perfume smell you know oh, perfume yes, that's gone that. off smell oh, yes. which sometimes you get with vintage clothes and I washed it in white wine vinegar and it, and it completely got it's completely oh, gone good. so it's actually really good because I got it from the you know when you get something from a charity shop and it smells horrible yes and that horrible but that is no thing. reason not to shop at, no exactly so shop I, because you can get and I washed it and I, and I rather like it because it's kind of like I think it's lovely bold. it's flouncy I know and I'm wearing my very lovely necklace my sister gave me for my Christmas present which is a jeweller who I'll put the, I'll put the link up but she she takes people's jewellery that they don't particularly like the style of or they've got odd beads and stuff and she remakes jewellery and it's always kind of asymmetric so I've got these lovely asymmetric beads on. Do you know what's funny about that? That's where I started. So oh, really? when I started my business initially yeah um I used to make things out of old people's jewelry and people used to give me their broken earrings people used to give me their broken everything yeah. and then I would make necklaces like my grandma would wear these big clumpy jewelry that I would make her from putting all of all of her jewelry together <laughs> in one and I also used to um speak to the electrician I was working as a temp and there was an electrician there and I used to ask him if I could have the electrical wire oh, wow. to, um, to, to make, to make colourful pieces because you've got the red, the yellow, the blue oh. and that you could make really beautiful designs with the wire and then um, sometimes I'd just use the copper wire that was underneath the plastic to kind of put all of, the cha- all of this together. Yeah. So when you were telling me about the sustainability designer, I was like, that's what I started doing right. i should try and pull See, some out because i've got a whole I, box of them i thought so I, I can fill another collection coming yeah on, <laughs> that would be really great anyway we're very excited today because we have a family member but she's i mean she is fashion guru but happens to be she your sister-in-law is, she is my sister-in-law and i love her and worship her so much but she's also a style icon and somebody who i have looked up to for so many years so it's a real honor to have Yes, so listeners, stand aside, get ready for the fabulous Claire Ginsler. Whoop, whoop! <laughs> Alice has been showing me your Instagram, um, and I'm so impressed. So, But I don't know very much about you, so can you just fill me in? Because you are a fashion stylist, right? Um, good point. Year, many years ago, probably about 
30 now. Um, fashion styling wasn't a trendy kind of, no one knew what fashion stylist was. So I kind of fell into it. There used to be um, a TV programme called The Clothes Show that I used to watch. Oh, I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a kid, I'd watch this like magazine on TV and be like, oh my God, I just love fashion. I want to be part of this world. And then um, basically I went to London College of Fashion, did a fashion kind of degree, knew that fashion was my thing but fell into fashion buying first, which is where I learned how to fit bras and kind of get an idea on, you know, the kind of the business side of fashion, um, which I realized was not for me, that I want to be more creative. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely was not for me. Um, so I then applied, as you used to do, literally handwritten letter to the closure saying, I'd love to work for you. And I got a phone call. Literally going, wow. come and see us in an hour. We want to interview you. So no preparation. I rushed over. And yeah, Jane Galpin, who was a show producer then, who's still a very dear friend, interviewed me and gave me a job pretty much as a fashion stylist. That's, you know, I started in the wardrobe, yeah. but then ended up as a fashion stylist. And that was the beginning of my career, I guess, in the world of fashion. <laughs> wow. That's been amazing. So were you doing all the shows as well? Like yeah. The so all the clothes show lives and all of that oh. kind of... Oh my God, clothes show live. I, yeah, so I used to work on um, several of the stages there, like behind the scenes. And then eventually I upgraded to the big main catwalk. I actually styled that a few times, which was full on, absolutely full on. I mean, you'd have rooms of designer stuff and you'd have to fit like, you know, there'd be 10 scenes of 40 models plus dancers. It was um, exhausting to do the clothes show main catwalk. I remember being a teenager and being absolutely obsessed yeah. and it would like all of us would go on a school trip to the clothes show live and then I would like yeah. go around and I'd be like oh my god these are the colors for the new trends yeah. and it was like everything must be so exciting I was about Georgie's age which is Claire's daughter yeah. Yeah. and it was just the most exciting thing ever you know I used to love the the clothes show as well and Trini and Susanna when they came along and people like restyling hmm. their which has been very much a trend recently but there's a there's that wonderful scene in devil wears prada where she explains where meryl streep's character explains why the secretary is wearing the color blue does that still hold true because i was wondering about colors for a season how does that come about how do fashion trends like that come about uh well trends all become a, i mean you've got the fashion forecasters who go out internationally and will just absorb what they see and kind of i guess choose what they like and then they will do presentations to the fabric designers, the manufacturers. So it's all kind of, I guess, all the designs will go to then to the fabric shows in Paris or internationally, and they are they will naturally absorb what they're seeing. So they'll see certain colours that they'll all see. So they all kind of that's how they all go for the same kind of theme in each season. But obviously the trend starts from the fashion forecasters. Now with social media. I would say fashion forecasters are kind of lugging behind. So it's more social media saying, you know, the new generation saying, and then a trend will come from absolutely like Instagram or TikTok. Well, I was at a trade show the other day and obviously that's homewares and everybody was obsessed about fuzzy pink, fuzzy peach, in fact. Is that what um, they called it? Fuzzy peach. Yeah, fuzzy peach. <laughs> and, uh, and, and edible homewares. So it was all like food related homewares. And there were, you know, there were a few different trends, the mushroom and stuff like that, which have been going through for a while. Do you see those trends going into fashion as well? First, I'd say it's fashion first and interiors feeds off fashion. So designers will set... And then probably a year later, maybe even six months later, interiors will take it. Because things are speeding up, as I said, because of social media, there might be now more of a 
even keel, like they're kind of saying, showing the same colors at the same time. But generally it's the fabric houses that designers see first and then interiors will kind of come a bit later. Do actual events influence fashion as well? We had Jo Osborne on the show. She designed the red Princess Diana black sheep jumper and how the crown really influenced fashion. And I went last Sunday to the Chanel exhibition at the V&A yeah. and so many people have said, oh, we all want to wear suits. Do you think we're going to be seeing everybody in boxy suits very shortly <laughs> as, a, as a result of the Chanel exhibition or is it just are we just in a bubble thinking that no, I mean you know you have an exhibition absolutely it's going to influence people but I wouldn't say that's a major trend that's like a short trend it's like a, a quick I've seen this exhibition let's all start wearing it films have the power to now kind of like give on trends I mean designers are always looking for inspiration so obviously if there's a film that comes out they're like okay we need to look at this and of course they're going to take but I think true designers and especially Parisian designers um, and you know at London Fashion Week Paris Fashion Week they they will create their own inspiration, which will then go out. And obviously then films will start looking at, oh, actually maybe this designer, they've got this on the catwalk, let's potentially put this. But a lot of the designers look at books still, fashion books. I mean, I keep, when I teach, I used to say to the students, please don't dismiss books. There's so many beautiful books out there. Look at the past and use that to go forward. And vintage fairs. I'm all about vintage fairs and always have been. So, you know, you could say I'm sustainable, but I just love that that kind of beading that you will see, the silhouettes that you see, the, the quality of the fabrics you do not get today in ready-to-wear. And that's why ready-to-wear, this throwaway fashion, I can't, it really upsets me because there's so much fashion out there in the vintage shops that's just the quality is better. It seems like the 70s comes round. Then the 80s mm. comes around and the 90s comes mm. around. You go, does it flip around? Is it? It changes, obviously. It depends what I guess the younger generation want to do. I mean, I love 70s, so I'm permanently wearing like flares and wide leg trousers and high waist. That's my vibe. Um, but it's, I mean, you know, we're talking the younger generation will set those trends now with social media. It's happening. They love this oversized thing. My kids are teenagers now. You know, they're doing their own thing. You know, your kids will be doing their own thing. And that will go through because social media has the power to make the trends so much faster than designers are kind of keeping up. But ultimately, you know, if you're talking about anyone over 40, we don't follow trends anymore. We're, we'll appreciate them. We might think, oh, I'm going to try that colour on my skin tone. But we're more now, I hope, wiser to go, do you know what? I'm not, I don't need to do the trends, but I will update my wardrobe with a few jumpers maybe in that colour to kind of make me feel alive. But you, you kind of get your own style. And those who yeah. don't have their own style, that's when they hire someone like me. <laughs> of those people who hire you um, I've noticed the amazing work that you've done with Prulise and how you've made her sort of iconic because she wears this fantastic jewelry and bright colors and she's really um a vanguard for um, women who are slightly older that you don't have to be invisible and you don't have to be dull and you don't have to wear boring mocks and Spencer's cardigans she's wearing incredible bright colors so where did you start with that kind of look was um, that, her, that enhanced that how did that happen to be fair Prue's all about color her house is about color she loves color and I read this article actually at the weekend saying as you get older bright color you kind of not so bright you know you, your eyes kind of see it as not less intense I guess but color's good for your skin tone you know as you get older you kind of drain so you need color to kind of come alive and Prue knows that 
I think a lot of older women actually know that. They need colour to kind of feel, oh, happy. Oh, I, you know, feel that bounce. And, and obviously with the makeup as well. So she's, she's into colour. So to be fair, we just pushed it. So for Bake Off, uh, Jane and I just push it a bit more and make it kind of more TV. But her own side, absolutely, she's totally into colour. And I think that's encouraging because I feel like it's helped a lot of people feel like, oh, I can wear colour and it actually does suit me. So she, people like her, and there's lots of people who on TV who are wearing colour as well, are kind of giving us, helping other ladies to kind of, and women to kind of think about experimenting more with print and colour. Yeah. And with chunky jewellery. So this this yeah. sort of... Have we, You've got some she, chunky jewellery on. I and I was like, my sister gave me this for Christmas and it's a woman who recycles. Oh, she makes asymmetric sort of big chunky jewellery out of it, which I love. But that statement jewellery age, have we got to that? Because we, you know, Alice is very all about the kind of like lovely layered necklaces and stuff. But I'm kind of like now, I'm like, oh, maybe this is my statement jewellery years coming up. What do you I think? used to wear statement jewellery though. I used to make massive, massive jewellery. And yeah. then I've slowly over the years got smaller. I think it, wear what makes you happy yeah. is my kind of motto. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry, I was going to say, but my grandma always wore bright red. Always wore bright oh, red. And I love like red. Gray hair, oh. Like grey, grey, like white, 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 proper white yeah. hair, but always red polo necks. And she looked amazing in them. Um, and then tartan trousers, like Rupert the Bear trousers. I mean, colour makes you feel, it makes you happy. If you're wearing the right colour, it makes you happy. But coming back to statement pieces, I personally don't think you need to wear bold. What is a statement piece? To me, like this, these earrings I've got on, which are kind of long and they're like, look like a flying saucer, if I'm honest. They are statement to me. You know, statement, layering is a statement. Statement doesn't have to be beads or bold or colorful. It can just be kind of, I mean, I've, I've got some chains and brooches I wear, bracelets, should I say, and they are bold. They're really bold. Um, so I mix and match. I, don't, I just don't think you necessarily need to always have think bold has to be colorful or it has to be about stones or but when it comes to prelief she is very much the primary colors and the big bold jewelry and i know that that's obviously only one of your clients but it's just a quite a, a great example of somebody who who really has got show-stopping iconic value now like we see we as soon as we imagine relief we see her in those statement pieces that you put her in um but I also understand that you're now doing tips for tits yes tell us us about that which by the way is amazing um it, it started out really because every time I style any you know lady or woman um or model they're all wearing the wrong size bra so I became this kind of bra fixer, like saying, oh, you're this size and you've got to wear this. So I'll be on shoots or styling them and I'll give them the right size bra. And they, I could see their energy changing, going, oh my God, this feels so comfortable. And their boobs, you know, they're, they're lifted up. So their garments look so much better than they're wearing. So it came a bit of an in-house joke with, amongst the industry going, oh, you know, here comes the bra expert kind of thing. And then I just suddenly thought, do you know what? I'm just sick of seeing people wearing the wrong size bra. It's frustrating me. I need to help people because I feel like even when you go into a department store, you're not necessarily getting the right fit because it's as good as the training that that person's got. 
So I thought I want to empower women to let them kind of take control of their boobs so that they can learn how to, that they, you know, whether they're wearing the right fit or not, because you can do it. You don't need to take measure the whole time. It's quite common sense. So I've done loads of videos that I'm starting to put on Instagram and the reaction already has been brilliant. I've got brands saying, can you know, can I do a live podcast with you next week on this? And I've had ladies going, you know, more of these videos, please. And it's, yeah, I think I will be the, that bra woman. <laughs> you've obviously been very fashion. You've done London Fashion Week. You've always kind of worked with the big names, and the big brands and, you know, done really exciting, visionary things. And now I'm noticing that you're really getting into really working with older models, putting that message out that, you know, you can be any age and that you're still beautiful and that we're all fabulous. When I was on Clothes Show, I met Jane Calpin and Karen Franklin, and they were all about diversity. So as much as Clothes Show was kind of hip and young and fashion week and all that, when we left the show and we did Style Challenge, which was real people. And then I did, I worked on those programs like 10 Years Younger, How to Look Good Naked, all that. Outside that, you started to realise the kind of diversity that was outside the fashion show that needs to exist in the press today. We did a campaign for Debenhams probably about 15 years ago, maybe even 20 now. And we were the, you know, Karen's like, okay, let's get models here of a complete diverse. So we had older models there. We had Olympian models. We had kind of amputee models. We had curve models. You know, we were doing curve models, you know, showing that in the kind of advertising world and campaign world when no one else really was. So it's always been there for me. So what happened is I worked again with Karen on this fashion video which was called Age of No Retirement. And we had older models and I straightway put them in London College, London Fashion Week, young up and coming designer stuff. And they looked really cool and it just worked. And this woman called Jacinth saw it and she is a kind of, I guess, a, a trailblazer. Um, she started a movement called Ageism is Never in Style. And she saw that video, saw who starred it and contacted me straight away and said, you know what, we need to work together. You're doing what I want to kind of put out there as well. So basically for the last kind of 10 years, we've been working together. So she set up this, as I said, this kind of hashtag that's becoming a movement. So me using older models, it's always been there. It's just mm -hmm. now there's more press about it and I can help her because I understand body shape. That's the one thing I'm really good at is I can understand body shape. Not many people, not many stars can do that. So when I see a you know, curved woman, it doesn't matter, straight woman, whatever, uh, petite woman, I straight go, right, let's get you in a really good bra and a really good pair of jeans, and then the rest will follow. And it's amazing, right pair of jeans, good boobs, the right place, honestly, gives empowerment, it gives confidence to women. And that's why I love my job. And that's why I want to do more of this. And, and that's in a sense why I'm doing the bra thing. You know, I'm not just going to do that. I'm always going to do other stuff around empowering women and just saying, come on, let's love your body as it is now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, as it is now, look in the mirror and love your body. And I think that's so hard, certainly for sort of generation generation X women like me, who kind of grown up with the whole kind of hate moss thing. I mean, that whole, does my bum look big in this? And now my children are like, oh no, I love I love having a big peachy yeah. bum. Like, <laughs> It's like, but I spent some, and I, yeah. one of the things that kind of really struck me after I went through cancer treatment was how horrible I had been to myself standing yeah. in the mirror, looking at myself, going, Oh, I'm a bit yeah. chubby. And now I've really learned to respect my body and be very much more tolerant and grateful that mm. it's a something that heals and it works <laughs> and it heals. But you know, it is, it is it's a journey. Really good in it to look good in clothes, but my shape is very different to how it was when I was 
yeah, 25 years ago. So actually I do have to embrace the fact that I am a different shape to how I was. I absolutely say to me, like, look at your wardrobe, just see, look at your body now. And just don't, you know, it's so important to have that wardrobe that you can wear as versatile now, not dreaming about it tomorrow or that diet that you should go on. Because also it's not really teaching our kids the right message either kind of thing. It's for some women that's really hard to do is to look in the mirror and love them. I know that. I've seen it in my own eyes. All the women I've styled, there's so many women who look, who are scared of their bodies. They're scared. They feel vulnerable. And I totally understand that, you know, it takes a journey. It takes a while to actually start self-love. Once you get there and you can get there with help or with the right kind of styling, you know, what it is about really is looking at what and going, what do I love? And what do I not love? Admit it to yourself. What do I potentially can cover with print? or you know or a silhouette and what can I show off so if you've got boobs get them out if you've got good legs get them out it doesn't matter what age you are it's it literally is going show off your bits your nice bits guys you know <laughs> you know I love your advice about finding the right pair of jeans and the right bra and everything else will follow have you got kind of like the rule books if you are fairly short and quite curvy like me what what style of jeans should I wear well, first of all, I hate rules. I think they're just old and, and kind of should be torn up. But obviously, if you're petite, what I would say straight away is you don't want to drown in your clothes. So I would put colour up top. I would wear, like you're doing, kind of bold statement jewellery up top. And then on the jeans, I wouldn't wear flare because people's eyes are going to look down and it's just going to squash you. So you want people to, to perceive you as taller. So you want them to look up. Okay, so I would, you know, definitely go for like a straight cut jean because you just don't want that bell or the flare or boot cut. It's just not going to do. But then again, if you've got bright colours going on up top, you can go for a dark jean of any style that fits you because people are going to naturally look up because of what you're wearing up top. So that's why I'm saying it depends. It's, you know, it's also you could be petite, but curve. You could be petite and a round apple. So there's so many. One rule doesn't work for every person. Absolutely. And that pulls us into very nicely with some of your amazing vintage jewellery. So would you talk us through some of your special pieces, please? Um, my first piece is a, a serpent snake ring that I have had for quite a few years now, and I never take it off. I didn't realise, I mean, obviously, everything I buy has a meaning to it. And actually doing this podcast made me look up the meaning of things so the snake which I absolutely always fiddle with on my finger is um it means like wisdom and love so it kind of makes it's kind of a nice thing to have on my finger so the snake because it looks quite angry the snake it's like quite important and strong which I am strong I believe but it also is you know love and wisdom so I love the snake even more knowing that then my next piece I would say is the hackney chain ring which is quite a, a modern piece that I've got from a beautiful independent jewelry designer called Louise Wade who's hackney based and again it's quite a tough ring because it's chain and I, I love it because I think it's kind of like kind of well I love the fact it's called hackney and I live in hackney so that's quite cool but it's just again it's kind of a little bit oversized but not too much now I wear it now on the finger that I've also got a tattoo um which I've had recently done and I really kind of wanted the star kind of feeling because the star I look at I love looking at the sky and the moon and the stars make me feel kind of calm if I'm honest um so I got this unbeknownst on the finger that can be like quite rude um, which I think is very appropriate now um but yeah I love it so it's not necessarily all it is it's kind of spiritual 
And then I got another tattoo on my wrist, which is a circle, but it's a dotted circle. And basically this is complete whole one. So that's how I feel about myself. I'm complete, I'm whole, I'm one. And I love it, I'm gonna get more tattoos. I just now got, not. I'm not gonna go all over my body, but I just feel like tattoos is just adding a little bit statement to my hands. Um, they're very delicate. So they're rather beautiful. Like they're not kind of big, you haven't got big no. kind of anchors and no. naked all over your no. body. It's, they're very, they're fine, they're fine. Yeah, the, the tattoos are fine. And actually the artist who came from Lisbon flew over to London and she comes over like twice a year. And she does only fine tattoos. So when I found, when I knew I wanted a tattoo, I had to then look for the right artist. You can't just go anywhere. So it took me about six months to find the right artist to, that could do delicate. And when I was having my tattoo done, there was all these men in there, biker men, you know, with these massive, like bright colored, full on tattoos. And there's a little old me having a, you know, very delicate one. And they actually all said to them, uh, all said to me that, Actually, what she's done is beautiful and it's very hard to, to do that. It's a skill to do fine, yeah. you know, fine art, fine tattoos. What's that other ring on your finger, Claire? Because you've got... So this was, yeah. uh, I got in Barcelona, actually, when I was with Alice and Jane. And I just saw the G. Now, I'm in the industry. I'm Claire Ginza. I'm known as the Gins. So <laughs> I just thought G was quite appropriate for me. So it kind of, that reminds me of my fashion world. Um, I love the way you mix up gold and silver. People are very... Yeah, and, you know, wearing gold and silver and pearls, which is a great combination. So yeah, I love the necklace that you're wearing. Talk us through that. So my mum passed away last year. I got her, a box of beautiful jewelry, and there was some lovely rings in there. But there was loads of pearls. Now the rings, I, they don't fit me, so I've just kept them to pass down generations. And I kind of look at them, and and you know they're beautiful rings, they're stunning. But the pearls, I thought you know what, I want to connect to my mum still. I want to be able to wear some of her jewellery today. And her, her pearls are all kind of, you know, they're, they're layered pearls. So there's some single ones, but I really like the layered ones because I thought, actually, I know you can get single strands of pearls and it's been kind of, you know, the fake pearls have been on trend for the younger generation for a while. But actually the older generation, when I say older, anyone above 40, so us ladies, we're not into pearls. We think that's too old fashioned. And I thought, well, I'm a fashion style. If I start wearing it, I'm guaranteed it will start a little trend. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, yeah, pearls, absolute love. And then, you know, I've got a bit of my mum on me. Um, so she always had pearls on when she was going out. And I thought, well, I'm a stylist. I like to dress up in the day. I think you can wear a t-shirt and you can have some statement jewelry. I'm sure you guys believe. Um, I don't have to have pearls in the evening. In fact, I wouldn't wear pearls in the evening. I'd wear them more with a t-shirt or, you know, kind of dress it down. And again, I, I put it with my other favorite necklace, which is a, a star necklace. So again, star, star, pearls, my mum, you know, mixing gold, like you say, with silver, which I think, yeah, let's do that. Definitely mix gold and silver. Fabulous. Well, Claire, what, tell, give us our listeners one tip for 2024. What is it that we should be getting in our wardrobes or doing more of? do you think in 2024 or any hacks life life hacks well I think the biggest light have I have learned recently is to absolutely listen to your inner voice trust your instinct because that is telling you the direction you need to go in one way or the other bit career bit love so that for me is please people it's with all the noise with all social media it's very easy to forget our own instincts um, and then as far as fashion is concerned anything goes if you feel comfortable wearing that look or put that colour on, and please do definitely mix and match and experiment with colour and print. But if you feel happy in that, then just wear it. 
And don't save dressing up for going out. Please dress up every day, you know, just to, even to go to the shops. It will just make you feel happy. Thank you so much for showing us your bits and being it's on the podcast. Pleasure. Tell our listeners where they can get hold of you and see your stuff, Claire. Absolutely. On Instagram at Claire Ginsler. And definitely hashtag tips for tits. Follow that. Please follow that because there's so many much more videos and content to come out, which is just going to educate women to get control of their boobs. What cool person to have in your family. I know. I want her as a sister-in-law. I know. And she's also amazing to go shopping with. Yeah, yeah, imagine. Absolutely amazing. So I'm, um, I'm also inspired to go to some vintage fairs. I'm going to take Minty to uh, the Clockwell Vintage Fair that she mentioned. That sounds cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. But also there's so much in Brighton. You know, we've got the flea market in Brighton. Also, like you said about the charity shops, you know, loads of charity shops. And Lewis has got some incredible yeah. junk shops and antique shops. Junk shots, maybe. But I'm going to be that. wearing my layered pearls from my from my I know. Mother How does she, she with look, my t-shirt? She looks so cool. She looks so cool. And it wasn't, you know, like in my head, I've still got that kind of twin set and pearls look, but she No, we're gonna be we're gonna amazing. be rocking out the pearls um, this year, Alice. Honestly, we've got a collection of pearls that we sell that we make, and they're at, some of them are absolutely stunning, but it's amazing how you can wear them and still look cool. You know, I know. Pearls well, are back. Pearls they are have back, been back for honey. a few years and they are back and they're also very good for weddings. Well, I Just found, so. yeah, I found her very inspirational about kind of really going for it and experimenting with colour and print and dressing up all the time to and go to the shops just not being judgy there is that element of like being nervous because she's a fashion stylist you're like oh god she's really gonna judge me she's the most unjudgy person on the planet yeah. and she just wants everyone to be confident and happy in what they wear and you know. absolutely and do check out her tips for tits on instagram because i think everybody that that advice of wearing a bra that fits you properly and some good jeans and then everything else will fall into place is, is a really good tip so do have a look at that on instagram and um, we'll put all her jewelry up and the pictures up but do follow her as she said we've got some amazing fashion tips um she has and I'm feeling like I can go into my week being a little bit more stylish now. I still don't look like a French lady, which is I my dream. I don't know why you want to be French, Alice. I really want to be French. I really want to wear, like, a Mac, but they just don't <laughs> suit me. You want to wear a flash Mac? I want to wear a flash Mac <laughs> and a really lovely, lovely do you know what? Scarf. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you a beret. I need a beret. I'm going to get you a beret and then you'll feel all French. Well, you be... any hat. I oh, love hats. Next time I'll I see you, I will bring you a beret and a baguette. And then oh, you will... <laughs> Then and you some will... garlic to hack yeah. from my neck. And then you will feel French. <laughs> huh. Fabulous. Okay. Wee, wee, wee. Wee, wee, wee. So until next time, we'll be with French Alice. Au revoir. <laughs>